the National Concert Hall is delighted to announce its new concert season for 24-25, featuring over 60 concerts by world-class artists. Enjoy the Bavarian Radio Symphony Orchestra with Sir Simon Rattle, our very own National Symphony Orchestra and guests, opera favourites with Tara Erocht, cutting-edge music with Bryce Desner, family concerts and lots more. Your music, your National Concert Hall. Book now. Package discounts available. cnch.ie It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Cathy Sheridan, and today I'm talking to Irish Times journalist Sarika Pollock about our recent trip to Kerala in India, from where a huge number of nurses emigrate each year to Ireland to work in our hospitals. Sarika spoke to Carolyn nurses working here and met their families in India to find out why they choose to come to Ireland, how they feel about life here and what it is like for their parents back home in Kerala. Sarika, what took you to Kerala and what is the connection to Ireland? Well, I got some funding a couple of years back through the Simon Cumbers Media Fund to go out to Kerala, which is a southern state in India, and find out why so many nurses from that part of India are coming to Ireland. This kind of crossed my radar a few years back through the New to the Parish series that I write. I met an Indian carer and his wife, who was a nurse, who both came from Kerala. And they kind of casually dropped into the conversation that most of the Indian people in Ireland came from Kerala. And I thought that was very interesting because India is a massive country. So I kind of put it in the back of my mind. Then when this opportunity for funding came up. I applied for it. And in October, I went out and I spent just under two weeks in uh, the city of Kochi in Kerala and to spend time with the families of nurses who are living here in Ireland. Before you go any further, tell us about the figures. How many Kerala carers are there in Ireland? Well, we know that there are 21,000 Indian-born nationals in Ireland. We know that half of them speak Malayalam, which is the national language of Kerala. And we know, according to the Nursing and Midwifery Board, that there are 6,304 nurses. Now, that's just nurses because there's a lot more carers and there would be no, there would be no kind of formal body registering how many there are. So That's a lot of nurses, Sarah. Is that about 10% of the, of the total number of nurses in Ireland? 9%. 9%. 9%. So just under 10% of the total number of registered nurses. So we're looking at a big number. Dotted around the country as well. We're not just talking about I Dublin. I see why you got curious. Yeah. yeah. So I I decided to go off and find some, find out some more. And I did some research and I discovered that uh, Indian nurses from Kerala have been migrating for quite a while. It's the, it's the state that's known as the state where people migrate from. It started in the 1960s. Nurses started coming to Europe through missionaries. Then they went to the Middle East in the 70s with the oil boom. And then as the... As we move on to the 2000s, they started coming to places, well, to Ireland, actually, because Ireland started attracting them over. And uh, what began as Christian nurses is now also Hindu and Muslim nurses as well. And it's important to note that Kerala has the highest literacy rate in the whole of India, has 97% literacy rate compared to 74% in the entire country. It's also uh, a communist-run state, so it's got its its own education system, its own work system, welfare. It's all... It's set, what India is federal in that sense that the states look at each state looks after their own education, healthcare, and um, it means that you've got a highly educated 
workforce who all want to be professionals and a lot of them go into nursing because they know that there's a strong chance that they can get a job abroad with that. And being a nurse in Kerala itself is not a well-paid job. Um, they earn on average about 115, 20 euro a month. Now, just to put that in context, ner- starting nurses here, nurses starting their salaries earn 2,397 euro a month per month. So it's a massive difference. Now I know we're talk- we're looking at different economies, yeah, different costs. Unless it all goes in your rent. Circuit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it is a very, very small salary. So they started yeah. looking further afield and Ireland kind of turned up on the radar in the early 2000s. For them. Even that is interesting about India, that there is a place in India where, which is so developed. I mean, people might not get that now yeah. if they hear you talking. And it's interesting to note, I, I, 10 years ago, spent a few months living in Delhi and it was a really interesting time. But by the end, I was exhausted and I thought, oh, God, that's a lot to take. It's, it's a fascinating country, but there's just so many people. So when I was going out to Kerala, I wasn't really sure. The only kind of reference point I had was Delhi. And it's so completely different. I mean, number one, it's a lot smaller. There's fewer people. But because there's this high level of education, As a woman, for instance, I didn't feel the same kind of nervousness I felt when I was in Delhi. Having said that, there is a very high level of domestic violence and violence against women within Kerala. But I did, as a woman out there alone, I felt absolutely fine. Well, that is interesting in itself because it means you can't stereotype an entire country either. So you came across some very interesting people. And interestingly as well, Sarika, you talked to a mother and a daughter. Yeah, The daughter is here and the mother is still back in Kerala. I was very interested in the relationships uh, between parents and children when they are separated from one another. We in Ireland should have a very deep understanding of this because historically and currently there are families that are divided, whether it's America, Australia, and they keep in contact through. WhatsApp, Skype. Previously, it would have been letters. And uh, I. so before I left, I got in touch with a few nurses here in Ireland and I interviewed them, both male and female, to find out what it was like being here, what it was like starting a family here and what it was like being so far from their loved ones. And then I made arrangements to meet their parents while I was out in Kerala. And the one that I open um, my article with is uh, a woman called Baby Paul. Baby is a name in uh, Kerala and her daughter Smitha. Smitha lives in Angar in um, Dublin. She's been here for 13 years. Uh, she came here with her husband and they have two children. And uh, I spoke to her. I went out for dinner with her actually before, in their house before I left. And I took her into the living room. Um, Kathleen from Video was with me as well to chat to her. And within about five or ten minutes, she got quite emotional. She started by saying, I, I love it here. I love my work. I know that I'm giving my children a very good life here. But once I started asking about her parents, she got shaky because... She knows that they are getting older and her parents are quite old now and she is halfway across the world from them and only sees them once a year. And then a few weeks later when I was in India, I sat down in the living room of her parents' house and talked to them about how they feel. And similarly, they at the beginning, they were hugely positive. They said, we're so proud of our daughter. She's done extremely well. She's giving her children a very good life and we see them once a year. But... um, It's difficult. It's extremely difficult. And one thing that I really, and I should really stress this, the the families of these nurses live in quite nice homes in Kerala because they send a lot of money back to give their parents a better life. And as a result, Irish money goes quite far in, in, in Kerala. So they've all built these pretty nice houses for them to live in. But they feel very empty and lonely and quiet. Because and I it's noticed just that, that, that you, you mentioned that Smitha's 
brother works in New Zealand. So that's it. The family is gone. And when I was speaking to the parents, there's this huge family portrait in their living room of themselves with their two children and their grandchildren. And it's kind of the the, the main focal point of the living room. And but you can't help noticing that it's so quiet around the rest of the house. And they come once a year and they celebrate. But it's I mean, we know that here. We know that when families are separated is extremely difficult. There's the, the positives and the negatives. And they were just one family. I spoke to quite a few families about this. But tell us what 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 does Smith make of Ireland first of all? Was was that a huge transition for her? Yeah, when she first came, it was. I mean, it, it, you could start with the basic things like climate and food. That's very difficult. But then there's cultural interactions. She spoke English, but you have to remember that you can speak an English a language fluently. But when you come to a country, we 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 interact in a certain way. We use words in a certain way, and they all talk about that. That even though they thought they spoke English, they came here and suddenly realized. They needed to learn it all over again in their work setting because Irish people speak in a very specific way. Um, her husband, Gijo, uh, who's a carer, uh, they kind of they, they they stuck together and they looked after each other. Then they had these two beautiful, beautiful children who are now in the local school. And uh, it's a struggle. I'm, I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's another woman I interviewed who was one of the very first, as far as she's aware, one of the very first Carolyn nurses to come here in the year 2000. And she was one of two foreign nurses in Tala Hospital when she started. That was difficult because they were the outsiders. Now, if you come from Kerala, there are still nurses coming. There's lots of Indian nurses. There's lots of Filipino nurses. There's Eastern European nurses. But in 2000, it was Irish nurses. And that was was very, very hard. And they will all say that they have built very good lives for themselves and they are very happy here. But there is definitely an uncertainty about... They're, they're, they're uncomfortable with having left their families behind. And one of the women, um, I think I finished the piece with it actually, she recently had to get suddenly jump on a plane because she was told that her mother was extremely ill and she needed to get out there ASAP and was... It, it's heartbreaking. She's standing in Abu Dhabi airport and gets a text on her phone to tell her that her mother has died and she didn't get there in time. And that's, I mean, and she, it's truly heartbreaking that she didn't get home because it's such a long journey. We're talking a day's travel to get back there. And then I see, Sarika, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, the pull of the next generation who really don't want to be going to Kerala for all their holidays and are worried about being, having to stay there. Yeah, Smitha um, talked to me about her son, Josh, who, Josh, I think is about eight, seven or eight, and they go on holidays every year to Kerala. And increasingly, he started complaining because his friends are going on holidays to Spain and to France or wherever it is they're going. And he goes and he spends a month with his cousins and his aunts and uncles and his grandparents. And that's fine. But after a while, he just, he wants to, he doesn't want to be different. He wants to be doing the same things as the other children. And... uh, Smith respects that. She says they used to go back more often and they don't do it as much as they used to because they, they take the children into account that they have to realise that these, it's their children's lives as well and they can't just force them to go back there. Having said that, there's another family whose children are a little bit older. They're, they're late teens and they feel deeply connected to uh, Kerala and they go back every year and love going back. So maybe it's an age thing. Maybe as they come, as the children grow older, they, they start to appreciate more of that connection. Mm. But... Um, it must be so hard on the grandparents if they see their grandchildren sort of moving away from them and looking for a different culture. And There's also the language barrier because the grandparents don't speak English. Uh, in Kerala now, most, if, most people under the age of 50, I'd say, speak English. Um, but 
older generations, so these parents would be in their 70s and their 80s, most in their 80s actually, they don't speak any English. So I was working with a translator when I was out there, they speak Malayalam, and their grandchildren speak English as a first language, and the grandchildren understand Malayalam, but they don't want to speak it. They don't want to have to, so they, they tell me of how like the children would be, just continue answering in English, mm. and one of the grandmothers actually went out of her way to learn a few words in English so that the child would listen to her, and that's that's difficult. That's very hard. I see that they, they Smith speaks to their parents on WhatsApp every day. Um, but obviously the children can't do that with, the, with their grandparents. So mm. you know, that Skype thing that we all say is, is, is the answer to everything clearly doesn't work if there's a language barrier. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And I think uh, there's definitely the connection that one would hope a grandparent would have with a grandchild perhaps doesn't exist in that same way because they, they, don't, they can't communicate through language. Although the children understand Malayalam because their parents speak Malayalam to them, but they don't want to respond in in. Um, in Malayalam. I should also mention there's another family I mentioned in there who are far more recent arrivals. Well, one is a recent arrival. Uh, it's a young nurse who's 26 called Annaline. She arrived this year from Kerala and I visited her parents um, who obviously were much younger and their other daughter has gone to Ukraine to study medicine. So in the last year, both their daughters have moved abroad. They're very, very proud of them. They speak to them. I thought this was quite sweet. The girls ring on WhatsApp every morning to say good morning and ring every evening to say good night. And I thought that was really beautiful. But when I said how I felt, I asked them how do they feel about having them so far away, they said, no, they need to do this. They're, they're smart girls. They've, do, they've completed their education here. They've both worked here. And if they want to continue to grow, they need to be in different countries. And uh, Annaline, when I, Annaline is in Athai. She's working in a nursing home in Athai. And I asked her what it's been like. She said it was really tough at the beginning, but that in the nursing home which she works, nine out of ten of the staff are from Kerala. So <laughs> she's got a good network. She also said an interesting thing. She said she's experienced no racism or discrimination so far, uh, which was good good news because there is racism and discrimination towards uh, people of colour and people from different countries. She herself said she hadn't experienced it yet. So that's a good sign. Yeah, I noticed, just to quote from your piece, Smith says, you get more respect here as a nurse and you have dignity which might be news to some nurses. And as a woman, you have more freedom. Back home, you have to be very obedient to others, even though you are the earner in the family. So I, I suppose from that point of view, things are, it's, it's, it's a very good example for the next generation if they do go back to live in Kerala. But I think one of the things that I suppose is very poignant, and going back to the parents' situation again, sorry, and why it was so valuable, you visiting them, um, where, she, where Smith says, my parents sacrificed everything for us, but now at the time when they're getting old, we can't really do anything for them. We can just give them money, but what they really need is our help. Sometimes I think they never lived for themselves, they lived for us. Yeah, and I think she makes a very good point when you speak to the parents, their entire life was about giving their children a better life. They would have come, her parents would have come from a very poor background. They would have pushed themselves up on the social ladder and would have become, I suppose, not middle class but they would have done very well and they would push themselves hard so that their children could get a very good education and now the children as they see it have moved up the next step on the ladder and are doing even better by moving abroad. And uh, Sarika you talked to the director of nursing at St James's Hospital in Dublin what do they make of the of, of, of the Carolyn nurses? So I spoke to Sharon Slattery, who's the recently uh, newly appointed director to St. James's Hospital of Nursing. And she actually was heading out in November as part of a recruitment drive because they do go abroad now every now and again because we are losing nurses here and we require nurses. They go abroad to find them. And there's very highly qualified nurses in Kerala, in other parts of India and in Philippines as well. And um, 
she pointed out that she said they've been recruiting now. Jameses have been recruiting for 18 years. There are now 64 different nationalities working in the hospital and that 7% of the nurses in the hospital are Indian and it's safe to say the majority of them would be Carolyn. She also said an interesting thing. She said the second generation, she's now seeing the second generation of these families going into nursing. So the children of the of the immigrants to Ireland who are now probably in their late teens, early 20s, some of them, the earliest immigrants, their children would be that age. They're starting to follow their parents into that profession. And she said that um, that Indians have a real, they're very respectful in the way that they carry out their work. And she used the word gentle as well. And I would, def, based on all the people I have interviewed, and I've interviewed a lot of people over the last few months from this Carolyn community, they are very warm, welcoming and gentle people and very polite and respectful as well. I mean, they, 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 I couldn't walk into a house in Kerala without be given, give, being given foods and food and drinks. They just they wanted me to feel comfortable. And I think from my own experience in hospitals as well, any interaction I've ever had with a, with an Indian nurse, and I never asked if she was from, from Kerala, but any interaction I've had, they're always extremely kind to me. So I, I do believe they're a huge asset to our healthcare system. And I don't think we in this country, people know that there are nurses from different countries working in our hospitals and particularly our care homes looking after our elderly. Um, but I don't think there's a real appreciation for how much, uh, how they're such a backbone to our health system that without many of the foreign nurses that work here, our health system would effectively fall apart and that they provide a really important service for us. Yeah, I think your ne- next task may be in the Philippines. Well, actually, I, d- I did the Philippines at a much smaller scale last year. I didn't go abroad. I just spoke to Filipino nurses here. I'd love you to do that because yeah. their story of, of the children remaining in the Philippines yeah. and... There is unbelievable poignancy about that story as well. Um, anyway, we do know a little bit about it, but I feel not nearly enough. Yeah. We don't nearly have nearly enough. Sarah Pollock, thank you so much for coming in to tell us about this. When is your piece appearing? Uh, there's two pieces. One came out in last weekend's Weekend Review and there is one in the news pages of the Irish Times uh, this week as well. You can find them both on irishtimes.com. Now, there's a story that will resonate, I think, with many Irish people even now. And that's it for today. Thanks to Sarika Pollock for talking to me about that story. And if you want to know more, you can find her articles on irishtimes.com. One final reminder that our book club will be discussing Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, on Thursday. You won't want to miss it. Remember, you can subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts and you can always find us on irishtimes.com with lots of other good shows like Worldview and Inside Politics. You can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast or email us on thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. The Women's Podcast is produced by Roisin Ingle and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. I'm Cathy Sheridan and until next time, thanks for listening. Concert Hall is delighted to announce its new concert season for 24-25, featuring over 60 concerts by world-class artists. Enjoy the Bavarian Radio Symphony Orchestra with Sir Simon Rattle, our very own National Symphony Orchestra and guests, opera favourites with Tara Erocht, cutting-edge music with Bryce Desner, family concerts and lots more. Your music, your National Concert Hall. Book now. Package discounts available. cnch.ie catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 